Greetings, everyone, and welcome to our first episode of Stay Tuned. So today not only marks another day on the Gregorian calendar, but it also calls for an in-depth discussion about one of the most influential and interesting CEOs the world has ever seen. From computing code for an actual video game at the age of 12 to smoking joints on the Joe Rogan show, his life has definitely been far from boring. But today we're going to discuss the reality of Elon Musk, and hopefully I can tell you all why he truly is not a robot. Um, I think it's time to free fall into this discussion. He's widely known for this electrical vehicle company, um, and about 12 years ago, Elon wrote his master plan for Tesla, which was as follows. Build a sports car, use that money to build an affordable car, then use that money to build an even more affordable car, and while doing the above, also provide zero-emission electric power generation options. And of course, he ends with something witty, don't tell anyone. Uh, this quote has always been appealing to me for a couple of reasons. Uh, one being that he's basically accomplished all of this. Um, and two, why does he plan on not telling anyone? But not so much of the second reason, more of the first. But let's dive into it. Uh, let's start with the first line, build a sports car. Um, this is referring to the Tesla Roadster. Uh, this vehicle is very similar to what most electrical vehicle startup companies put out as their first product. Um, it's flashy, quick, aesthetically pleasing. Uh, I envisioned that he hoped for a low-volume, high-end product, which is what we saw. So later on, we're definitely going to dive into the specs of the Roadster that's coming out in 2020, because if you haven't heard of them or haven't heard about this car, they are mind-blowing. So anyway, um, let's continue on with Elon Musk's master plan for Tesla. Uh, the next line goes, use that money, which was from the Roadster, to build an affordable car. This quote refers to the Model S. This sedan was extremely popular. Uh, it was honored as the 2013 car of the year. Uh, the Model S started to bring this sort of simplistic Tesla feel within the vehicle. Uh, the beauty of this car, which attracted so many Tesla enthusiasts, was its control center. Uh, you could basically do anything that's in a normal car, but instead in the Model S, it was all done on a touchscreen located in the smack center of the vehicle. So to put this into perspective for you, you could open the sunroof with simply a swipe of your finger on the screen. This is definitely pretty neat, and not a lot of cars had this. Um, and when I first saw this, and when I first started watching videos about it, I definitely thought, wow, this seems pretty dangerous considering that you're basically on a phone while driving. But you gotta understand that this car and the Model 3, oh, spoiler, what's to come, are envisioned for full autonomy. So, eventually, you won't have to worry about driving when the software becomes available. So, next I wanted to dive into the next line of Elon's master plan, which I already hinted at, the Model 3. Uh, this car was possible because of Elon's net worth, I mean, uh, the Model S production, my bad, that kind of slipped. But seriously, the Model 3 is a beautiful car, but its path to get out of the pr production line was really rough. Personally, um, I believe that with a car like the Model 3 and how many issues Elon has dealt with, 
such as manufacturing, mass producing this vehicle, you you just got to understand that this is completely brand new to Elon, Franz, and the whole team at Tesla. Mass producing a vehicle is extremely difficult, but on the other hand, there's no problem that Elon can't solve, just saying. This man's lost millions of his own money to simply put a rocket into space, but he never saw quits. So when you put your blood, sweat, and tears into a product or company, it honestly becomes a child of yours. I love hearing stories about Elon sleeping in the factory because of his incessant work ethic. It's comical, I think, to see him laugh about those times, yet in the back of my mind, I'm always thinking, damn, those were easily his biggest struggles, but now he's just laughing it off as if it was the norm. No, Elon, no one today is putting the work into humanity's future as much as you are. It's important to see an endpoint and to not stop until you reach that goal. Um, I honestly think that Tesla is a company of the future, um, of what's to come. Not to make this podcast political of any sort, but people in government today who seek to continue non-renewable energy are simply just brainwashed by money and power. If you wish to have a safe earth for your kids' kids, you gotta understand the implications behind your current actions. I, I don't want to fanboy over Elon too much, but we need to understand and see more powerful figures with his same attitude. Uh, looking to make our Earth clean, renewable, and safe for the sake of humanity. I want to end this segment of the podcast with a discussion about a meeting between one of my favorite YouTubers, MKBHD, and Elon Musk. If you're if you enjoy learning about new tech and stuff like that, I definitely recommend checking out Marquise Brownlee. Anyways, let's take a listen. Okay. Cool. So my question is. How, aside from making great products, how do you get people excited about Tesla? There's a lot of people I know and that I talk to who are just intrigued and interested and excited about Tesla as a company. The thing I really focus on at Tesla is like really, really put all the money into and attention into trying to make the product as compelling as possible. So, because um, I think that really the way to um, sell any product is through word of mouth. So if, if one, somebody gets the car, they really like it, and, and actually, the key is like to have a product that people will love. Um, and, and generally, people, that, um, you know, if they're at a party or touring friends or whatever, um, you'll talk about the things that you love. But you, you know, if you just like something, it's okay. You're not going to care that much. But if you, you get love the reactions from the highs and the lows, yeah, so you got to make sure people really love you're gonna, it. You're going yeah. to talk, you know, and, and, and then that'll generate word, generate word of mouth. And that's basically. How, how our sales have, have grown like we don't we don't spend any money on advertising or endorsements or uh and um so anyone like buys our car they just bought it because they they like the car and you know it's like it's genuine um and no discounts like I, I actually even pay full retail price for my own cars okay uh, so a lot going on in this discussion um if you haven't seen the full video i definitely recommend checking it out Pr- two pretty interesting people um, but I absolutely love Elon's answer to Marquise's question. Um, he claims that he has no marketing scheme to get people to buy more Teslas. He simply wishes to make the product compelling and genuine. Honestly, I think this is how Elon could best describe himself. His compelling work has caught the attention of millions, and his products are genuine enough to have thousands pre-order the Model 3, for example, 
without even stepping foot in the car. For most car owners, you usually, I would say, I want to sit in the car and take it for a test drive before they buy it. And the fact that Tesla consumers are so confident that they don't even need to do either of those, they just want to they just want the product truly shows a lot about this company. So um, before we end this part of the show, I promise to talk about those specs of the 2020 Roadster. And this car is absolutely unheard of. Um, this is kind of changing topics, but the next time someone asks you to race and they're driving a Bugatti, okay, well, this seems pretty rare, but theoretically, I'm trying to say that this Roadster would blow the Bugatti out of the water. This car's 0 to 60 time is 1.9 seconds. I said that. 1.9 freaking seconds. Also with a top speed of 250 miles per hour, and the car reaches 100 miles per hour in just 4.2 seconds. So to put this into perspective and a little comparison for you, um, for all you Lambo or Ferrari lovers, a Lamborghini Aventador has a 0-60 to 60 time of 2.4 seconds. So I know the Roadster hasn't even been produced yet, but I am optimistic to assume that Elon will produce this car. Uh, the wonders that battery-powered cars can do are absolutely crazy. Well, hopefully the nerd stuck with me through this, through the past few minutes because we'll be right back with more about Elon Musk and the misinterpreted views of artificial intelligence. Welcome back, and thank you for staying tuned. Uh, this next segment, we will be discussing artificial intelligence and how the government tracks your every move and everyone with an iPhone or tablet should be very scared. That was a complete joke, but I hope by the end of this segment, everyone watching can understand what the real threat is in this respected area of tech. Well, surprisingly, when you say AI is going to take over the world and robots are going to destroy us humans, you're not completely wrong. But don't worry, first you gotta understand the types of artificial intelligence. Yep, that's right, there's more than one type of artificial intelligence, and the computers are actually self-replicating these types to destroy humanity as we know it. Kidding again. Damn, I might end up confusing everyone more than informing. Alright, well, let's start things off. Um, first, there's narrow AI, which is basically just a system that's trained to do a particular thing. Self-driving cars are like a collaboration of narrow AI. So we don't really have to worry about this type. See, um, our odds are looking pretty good. There also is artificial general intelligence, which basically works like a human mind. This type of system can find solutions to problems rather than just simply performing a repetitive task. Okay, I guess now things are getting a little bit scarier, but the odds still look pretty good, so relax. Finally, there's artificial superintelligence, which you could also call doomsday, or maybe we're all screwed. This type of AI basically refers to the position where computers will surpass human intelligence. Whenever I think of superintelligence, I always think about what happened when explorers discovered new land and pushed animals or other habitats out while the explorers settled there. Basically what I'm saying is that if 
super intelligence get it gets out of reach, we will become the animals and computers will be the explorers. Another way of thinking of this, if that wasn't very clear, would be like when civil engineers build a road. If there's an anthill in the way, they aren't going to build around the anthill. They simply build right over it and continue their job. Scary thought, right? Yeah, I know. I felt like sharing one of my favorite Elon Musk interviews, so uh, take a listen. Excuse me, how could AI destroy civilization? You know, it would be something the same way that humans destroyed the habitat of primates. I mean, it, it, it wouldn't necessarily be destroyed, but it might be relegated to a small corner of the world. When Homo sapiens became much smarter than other primates, I pushed all the other ones into small habitats. They were just in the way. Couldn't AI, even in this moment, just with the technology that we have before us, be used in some fairly destructive ways? You could make a swarm of assassin drones for very little money by just taking the, the, the face ID chip that's used in cell phones and uh, having a small explosive charge and a, and a standard drone and have them just do a grid sweep of the building until they find the person they're looking for, ram into them and, ex and explode. You can do that right now. No extra, no new technology is needed. The fact that this type of digital intelligence is available right now and the harmful ways it could be used is pretty terrifying. But the reason why I wanted to show this clip of the interview was because I don't think programming a drone attached with an explosive is the likely threat that we're facing. I watched this video, and immediately after he said this, I thought, holy shit, digital artificial intelligence probably won't destroy humanity in a violent way, but most likely be used to corrupt our governments, businesses, and propaganda all around the world. Having a computer that's exponentially smarter than a human won't look for a way to blow up a human, but rather outwork, outsmart, and even outrun humanity until there's no stopping the system and it's too late. All right, well, let's keep going. I've seen you speak in person. We've watched some of your interviews. Like sometimes you seem visibly sad about what's happening. I think we should try to take the set of actions that are most likely to make the future good for humanity. I'm pro. I'm pro human. Well, there it is. He is pro-human, so that can end the discussion of whether Elon is a robot or not. Or maybe that's the robot using its artificial superintelligence to make us think that he's a human. Alright, I'm getting off topic. You can hopefully understand the point I'm trying to get across. The fact that artificial superintelligence is the real problem we face. Not the fact that Snapchat knows your location or your Apple Watch can wake you up earlier because it knows there's an accident on your daily commute to work. This type of artificial intelligence is convenient and helpful to us humans, so you shouldn't worry about those things. So as the years go on and the technology improves, don't dwell on AI threats. Look to help and improve our planet and humanity as a whole. So hopefully you now have a better grasp on what artificial intelligence is truly like. We'll be back with a quick discussion about whether we live in a simulation or not.
Welcome back, everyone. And if you're still listening, congratulations, because you made it to the best part of the show and my favorite. So living in a simulation to me has always baffled my mind. The concept behind this theory is based on assumptions and no real evidence, but more of the fact that this is where technology may be heading. So why not wonder if this could be the case? Elon gives an awesome answer to a reporter who asked him about this theory, so let's take a listen. There's a um, sort of a philosophic concept that a sufficiently advanced civilization will be able to create uh, a simulation. simulation. Yeah, maybe you've answered this before? A simulation. I've had so many simulation discussions, it's crazy. Okay. Um, so, because... In fact, it, it got to the point where basically every conversation was was the AI, AI slash simulation conversation. Um, and my brother and I finally agreed that um, we would ban such conversations if we were ever in a hot tub. Okay. That was like... Because <laughs> that really we're kills the magic. Hot tub, um, so... So, so the idea is, right, any sufficiently advanced civilization would create, could create a simulation that's like our existence... And so the theory follows that may, maybe we're in the simulation. Have you thought about this? And a lot. Are we? <laughs> are we? Even I, in hot tubs. No. So are much so it has to be banned from a hot tub. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's not the sexiest conversation. Are we in? Are we in? Um, yeah. the, the. I mean, I think here's, in like the, the the strongest argument for for us being in a simulation, probably being in a simulation, I think is the following. Um, that, that 40, called 40, 40 years ago, we had Pong. Like two rectangles and a dot. That right. was what games were. Um, now, 40 years later, we have photorealistic 3D simulations with millions of people playing simultaneously, and it's getting better every year. And soon we'll have virtu- you know, virtual reality, we'll augmented reality. Um, if you assume any rate of improvement at all, um, then the games will become indistinguishable from reality. Just in, indistinguishable. Um, e- even if that rate of advancement drops by a thousand from what it is right now, um, then you just say, okay, well, well let's imagine it's a 10,000 years in the future, uh, which is nothing in the evolutionary scale. Um, so, um, so, so given that we're clearly on a trajectory to have games that are indistinguishable from reality, and those games could be played on any set-top box or on a PC or whatever, and there would probably be, you know, billions of such, uh, you know, computers or set-top boxes, it would seem to follow that the odds that we're in base reality is one in billions. So Tell me what's wrong with that argument. Is the answer yes? <laughs> the argument is probably. I mean, but I just like, is there is there a flaw in that argument? I mean, someone, but someone. I'm not that, sure what but, the error. Right, no, no, the argument makes sense. So the assumption then is that somebody beat us to it, and this is a game. No, no, there's a one in billions chance that this is base reality. Oh, okay. What do you think? Well, I think it's one in billions. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, this, that seems to be. Like clearly, what the you know what the, what it, what it suggests, right. and and actually, I mean, arguably, we should hope that that's true, because otherwise, if if civilization stops advancing, then that may be due to some calamitous event that erases civilization. So maybe we should be hopeful that this is a simulation, because 
Otherwise... Because they could reboot it. Well, otherwise, e either we're going to create simulations that are indistinguishable from reality or civilization will cease to exist. Those are the two options. So the fact that Elon responded midway through that question with probably makes me think even harder about this theory. Personally, I believe that the universe is unknown to the point that we will never know if this is true or not, if that makes any sense. But the argument that Elon claims seems accurate. We, as in our universe, have a one in billionth chance that we're living inside of someone else's simulation. Pretty nuts and somewhat likely. So on that note, enjoy your time here on Earth and the life that you have because at the end of the day, our superintelligence could be the answer to what our universe truly is. Thank you for tuning in to stay tuned and we will see you next time.